Welcome everyone to the 49th episode of the New Gen Mindset podcast. I'm Dan Cozell here with Nick Tartaglia. What's up, man? Uh, you know, just uh, living the dream, getting nice little uh, Florida-like weather here. Yeah, honestly, I, I, it's it's nice to get some decent weather to, give, to just to be outside, honestly. I know, and um, it makes people want to get a little bit more creative more mm-hmm. more involved i guess um i mean we just spoke about this you know today is sunday um there's a lot of stuff happening in the markets mm-hmm. sports are back it seems like everything's kind of rolling back into place uh i know you don't follow hockey but the <laughs> vegas Habs game one tomorrow so yeah we'll see. we won't talk about that here but you can tell that the city's excited so it, yeah 100 percent. at least there's one thing that Montreal is kind of gathering behind and then, to be honest, before we get right into all the, the stuff we want to talk about today for our listeners, um, if there's anything that's going to unite this city, it's, it's a hockey team, um, unfortunately, it, or it fortunately, just... however you want to look at it. So, yeah, um, the market really, yeah. Inter- really wild stuff uh, is kind of just died down this past week. Um, market's been pretty flat. But I think this is the beginning of something that investors are going to want to really take advantage of. Yeah. Um, I'll give you an example right now, actually. Uh, my portfolio back in, I think, February was up at least, I would say, 84%. And then we had that March, or I should say yeah. May, April, May was just a bloodbath. So yeah. then I was actually down. And I feel like my old self, and I'm sure you're, you probably are, feel this way to say, but my old self, my emotional self, you know, back when I first started investing would have probably panic sold. Um, those positions, if anything, I added to them and they've yeah. actually recovered very nicely right now. So we're back, you know, well above uh, what it was. Um, but the opportunities are still there. Yeah. And um, let's talk real quickly about energy. Yeah. It's that one space right now that is, I would say, uh, kind of overshadowed by all the, you know, environmentalists. Yeah. Um, because at the end of the day, these oil companies are eventually going to turn into these green energy companies. Yeah. They're not going to disappear. No. Um, you know, so it's just like in the, it's just like in the, uh, the green, the view of the, the renewable car uh, industry, you're going to have the, you have the typical old school car makers that are eventually going to transfer over and develop their own electric cars in order to compete because if they want to sustain themselves they can't just depend on the old school uh, mechanics of cars they need to go with the new trends so oil companies are going to end up doing the same thing aramco is basically going to well i mean they're saying they're going to do the same thing we don't know exactly the specifics but you know that's what they're saying and if you want to survive long term you have no choice but to start allocating towards that type of trend for the future definitely um, but the one thing I will say, I think in the, in the short term and, and by short term, I mean, you know, one to two years right now, oil stocks have been on an absolute tear. Yeah. Um, now obviously that's linked to the price of WTI crude oil, which I believe is at $71 USD right now. I'm expecting that. And most people, you know, most investors are anticipating that to just continue to go up. Yep. And it's causing, you know, it's going to cause demand to continue to increase, but supply is cut now. Nobody's drilling wells because wells, unfortunately, cause bad things for, you know, the long-term environmental impact. Now there is Biden's Biden's a plan there to cap all future production of oil or new sources of oil and within North America, which cuts off the future supply, which creates short-term price inflation. Exactly. So yeah. when we're talking about short term, I would say the next 18 months, I think you're going to see a much higher move in these stocks. Um, it's still and again, I'm not this is not investment advice, it's just my opinion. So so don't quote me on this. But I, I, I would not be surprised to see $90 oil yeah. by the end. No, of the year. it's definitely we're definitely entering an odd place, especially since when you think about it, if we want if we're going to start capping all this stuff and then we see the fact that India is going to build out, we have Africa that's going to start building out. Uh, China is going to build out itself more. Well, you, you can't really do that without oil right now. 
it's there's a, no other choice. It's, a, it's impossible. Exactly. And we have this whole inflationary problem. We have this super cycle commodity cycle entering, which is going to go towards Africa building itself out, India building itself out, North America, all that stuff, all that equipment, all the machinery, all the transportation, all those commodities, digging out all those commodities from the ground, all those machinery in the plane, on the water with the boats, all the trains. That's all oil. There, it, it, it's going to drive a significant portion of that build out. And that's going to cause a lot of demand pressure on a capped supply of oil. Totally. And um, the one thing I will say too, with regards to these companies is that a lot of them have a lot of debt and this rise in oil prices is actually good for them to pay down that balance sheet debt. Um, you know, a core holding that I have is tourmaline. Um, that thing's been flying since like last November. Um, and these guys just keep executing, they keep getting everything done. And it's, it's probably another core holding for a lot of other smart money managers out there because they understand, okay, so probably the biggest producer right now, uh, of oil, um, in Canada. So ticker on that one is T O U. Uh, it's on the Toronto exchange, about a $9.2 billion company and they pay a dividend. So, mm. Most of these large cap dividends are getting cash flow right now to sustain yeah. those dividends. And I, I would expect that, that to continue. That's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a good way. When people are looking at investing in infrastructure and energy, the thing is, especially when these companies are sustainable in their revenues and their outlook, they tend to offer a lot of dividends. So the people don't, a lot of people don't realize that sometimes you don't need necessarily to focus specifically on growth, especially when you're in a high risk environment or a lot of uncertainty. Sometimes the only certainty you can really focus on is the cash flow that you're going to generate exactly. irregardless of the specific price in the short term or mid or short to midterm. And all the, the price deviations you're going to get where you're going to get massive corrections because it's going to follow the rest of the market. All it's doing is giving you an opportunity to allocate more capital at cheaper prices and when the prices go down, the yields go up. So you're just buying better yields as the prices go down. Yeah. So in the short term, all this market uncertainty, that's that should be that's one of the that's one a huge part of the market that has value is that those short term corrections are going to give you nice potential increased yields that you, could, you should take advantage of. I, I agree. And uh, any if we see a five or ten percent pullback in the market, that's a huge huge buying yeah, opportunity yeah so exactly you got people, cash sitting on the sideline i mean put that money to work but do your research yeah, on these companies exactly but, yeah no so, i was just gonna say we want to we want to give you guys some ideas too but yeah yeah 100 percent. are you so like i've been i've been deciding that from some like like a lot of the philosophy we're gonna do right now especially with all the certainty but because we don't want to keep cash so what we're doing is we're like we're deciding that we're gonna buy we're buying like pslv and uh, so Sprott Silver, Sprott yeah. Gold as, yeah. a, as our cash reserve. So instead of physically buying the gold, we're buying that as a cash reserve. So we're not sitting on cash because I really don't see too much debt. Well, I mean, not entirely, but a chunk of it at least because there's still some upside momentum. So at least in the short term, if it does rise and we get profit out of it, we can recoup the capital cash and then we can allocate it to other positions. But it gives you kind of a hedge on the downside while minimize, well, also taking advantage of potential upsides like silver and gold. So it's like your cash reserve with some upside potential. So we're looking at it like that way. And then it, it, falls, it falls in with the whole infrastructure thing. So like you've got infrastructure, which includes energy, which includes renewable, which includes machines like Volvo and uh, Deere. No, John Deere. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like positions like that. It's like the next 10 years, man, it's going to be a crazy. We're going back to what they did during the Great Depression when they focused on infrastructure building. Yeah, we even had an episode about this where we talked about almost a year ago. We were talking about like when the government puts the economy in a very weird position, loses a lot of jobs, can't figure out unemployment problems. Um, well, what, what does it need to do? It needs to create jobs. And one of the biggest ways to do is that government gets bigger, so more bureaucracy and employs more people. And then it likes to do infrastructure plans. So roads and construction, because it'll employ people and create or create uh, circulation of cap of the of money within the market. So, and that's what we, they, we saw with the, everybody wants to do that now. It's all about infrastructure build out. It's exactly that. And it aligns with the green renewable concept because you need to put into place infrastructure that will allow the facilitation of a green expansion. Because if you don't do it, you're just wasting a lot of money for nothing. Totally, totally. But again, um, you know, infrastructure is being thrown around pretty loosely right now. And a lot exactly. of a lot of investors are just like, yeah, well, Biden's dedicating about $6 trillion into infrastructure. Yeah. 
it's good for stocks. Um, the question is, where does that money go at the end of the day? But that's exactly. that's another that's another conversation. Um, we'll get to PSLV in a second. Um, but you know, energy. I think you and I agree. We're bullish yep, on that. Hundred percent. I'm I've never been this bullish on this sector at all. If you want to look at the XLE, which is the energy, uh, you know, index in the U.S., that thing's been going like to the moon. But steadily, it's not going parabolically like we're seeing with GameStop, again, with AMC and all those, you know, meme stocks that are out there. So I like to see that steady incline just go slow and steady because, you know, in the long run, it's just it, it, it's going to get it's going to add cash to your portfolio at the end of the day. It's, it's so. funny because when you look when you talk to most people, especially people that have been only read like starting investing everything right now, it's like they have a very, very limited perspective of the market. So they only have like a handful of names. They can even name you. They don't realize there are so many companies out on the market, so many niches, so many industries. It's like, if all you know are five or 10 companies, you're limited. So you're more likely to chase those random highs because you don't, you don't know where to look for opportunities in the market because you don't understand how capital is flowing through the markets. You don't understand where's the, where's the market over leveraged or oversaturated, where's the market not oversaturated? You know, kind of back to what Johnny says, where are the themes on the 16th page? Which themes are already on the first page? Are people rushing in on the first page or people rushing in on the 16th page? Energy is being lagged because a lot of retail people don't even know how to look at that space. I look at it very simply. It's, it's, it's cash flow and debt. That's, yeah. that's the best way to look at that space and that's being paid off right now. Um, let's talk about resources or kind of yeah. materials as well and then obviously precious metals um we'll get to silver in a second hey, graphite remember that we got that one too Gra graphene was great too yeah. hey, graphene is kind of like that future metal that uh, is going to be used in all these yeah exactly 100 percent. we had that we had the, the company on too so that that one did well and it's part of that whole super cycle it, it's part of the innovation concept of how we're going to build out our world and it's going to be a super material so totally. that, that was yeah uh one material right now that nobody probably knows about, and I'm sure you do, but um, iron, iron ore. Mm. Nobody talks about this. Um, the only people talking True. about it are the smart investors who understand how cycles work. Why are we talking about this right now? Iron ore is a leading indicator for an economic recovery. Okay. Now we are on our way through an economic recovery, technically speaking, of course, from the GDP perspective, from the GDP yeah. perspective, yeah. again, another conversation yeah. <laughs> we had this last week, but exactly iron ore stocks, as well as transportation are, are very, they're, if you look at those stocks, they've also been going up. And to me, that's been signaling a very strong bullish case, at least for the next 12 to 24 months. We're going to see a continued growth in this. Now, why iron ore? Well, infrastructure, exactly. right? It goes back to that. It's, you need these materials. It's steel. Rio Tinto is a perfect example. Yeah. Probably one of the better companies out there that they also pay yeah. a dividend to. Yeah. So yeah, nice yield. One of the largest, one of the largest producers of, of other types of infrastructure materials that are that are atypical of like silver and gold and but they have copper so they tend to get exposure also to a lot of like gold copper reserves but it's definitely a great one yeah i mean rio tinto is probably one of the better stocks and it's just a bill it's like a billion dollar machine at this point yeah it's I think a, their market cap's about a hundred i'm looking at it here it's about 108 billion dollars 5.3 percent dividend yield yeah. If you're very conservative with this, if you're a conservative investor and you just want to park your park your money in this and just pay it, let it, let it pay you every three months, I mean it's it's kind of a no-brainer. And, and with there, copper, with copper going exactly, up, exactly, exactly, exactly. Copper has been pretty interesting too. And I know we, we, you're 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 the expert on this more than I am, but um, copper had a rally and then it kind mm. of just pulled back. I mean, what 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 happened there? Well. It's the same thing when things go parabolic. And yeah. lumber is another example. Lumber yeah. actually is down almost 30% from its yeah. high, which is actually a good thing for the consumer. If but I think the one thing is lumber will be, I think lumber will be transitory. I think that one will be transitory because that one was it really affected. Or it, will. it will. I think that one will be, I, I think it'll level out 
because I think that one was really affected by like just pure like COVID um, logistics. Yeah, like it just messed it up in the short term. As soon as you refix that up and you get back to normal, I think that'll level out. But it's not like copper where copper literally doesn't have the supply. Lumber, there is the supply. It's just the whole the whole logistic and, and, uh, and supply chain got messed up. But in the case of copper, I don't think it's transitory because it doesn't make sense. There's no supply. If you if you need the product now, you need new assets. You need people to buy new things. You need people to go and dig and find new uh, asset bases. Totally. Well, the only way to do that is by having the right price, or else it makes no sense economically. And prices therefore have to rise for it to be feasible, or else no one's going to want to do it because they're not going to make any money. Especially since the 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 um, the percentages of the amount of copper in the ground is much lower than it used to be, so it needs higher prices. It's so also that, it's also very difficult to mine. Yeah, it's, it's, like, it's, it's a lot exactly, of capital. capital it's, exactly, and the the price has to be where it needs to be, or else it doesn't make sense economically. You're not going to spend the money if you know you're only getting it at two dollars a pound. No, you need it at four, five, six dollars a pound, and that's the direction. Like Goldman Sachs had it. That's the direction it's going. Yeah, I mean, I, I was talking to a fund manager last week, and he's just like, "Copper's going to six bucks." I, it, it wouldn't surprise me. There's just that such, has a, a, there's crazy such a limited. Supply, yeah. There's just a limited supply of this stuff. Exactly, and, and, and it's been lagged it. for twelve. It's all. It's been. It, they have not. They have not needed to buy because usually what happens is when you when you the market figures out exactly how much demand there is, which was primarily driven by China. Mm-hmm. There's no need to go spend extra capital since there's no other buyers. So the market supplied exactly what was out there as a demanded. And because the market stopped focusing on infra, the, the global economy really stopped focusing on expansion and was focused more on like leisure and technology. Well, it didn't need to focus on um, f- expanding that supply. But now it's realizing, well, we neglected it for 10 years. Mm-hmm. We need new asset bases and we haven't really focused on it or haven't allocated capital. So it's and it, this is not something we can just solve because it takes five to 10 years for most of these juniors or these new assets to even be built out or get to the point where they're able to collect the, the, the copper from the ground. So that's definitely not going to be transitory because that, that, that supply demand issue we have in that space is not going to be filled or remotely solved in, in the short period of time. So here's so a Rio name. Tinto. Yeah. Rio Tinto is a big one. Here's another name. Nobody knows. Or maybe if you 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 know the the sector, um, you probably do. Cleveland Cliffs, CLF, trades at about seventeen thirty nine. Um, this thing's up forty percent year to date. Um, iron ore producer. Um, they've got they do they do lumber I think too. Um, it's an interesting play. I've, I've been following it. And I listen, as much as we don't like how media manipulates stocks, mm. they've been talking about this one since February, mm. um, particularly CNBC. Um, and, you know, it's a compliment to gold, I find. Because gold, like you said, is a psych- it's a psychological downside risk protector. I don't think gold lot like is going to have an explosive growth pattern. No. What I do think is gold will kind of increase. Yeah. Silver will have an explosive growth. Yeah, we'll exactly. Have to see. Yeah. But an iron miner right now, like R- Cleveland cliffs to me, I there's still more upside on this. I'm like, just looking at the chart right now. Um, Do they give dividend to that one? Right. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, too. exactly. So I don't, I don't own it, but. You know, it's just think when people when people are thinking like especially look look we we can't like as much as I love studying this stuff we're not truly experts because we never really observed a real super cycle in commodities or you know we're relatively new to the concept of what commodities are and how it plays in the world dynamics so the idea is not to specifically say well we know or we're only going to buy one or two companies. You can create a basket of companies to diversify yourself in the entirety of how this, this infrastructure is going to play out. There's so many important commodities that are needed. So many important companies that are going to be needed for this whole build out of the global economy infrastructure, allocate your capital according to that philosophy and trend. 
and create your own basket. It doesn't have to be allocated to one. Yeah, Rio Tinto is going to be a great one, but it doesn't mean it has to be your only position. You can have a core a position of a, in a bunch of different sectors. By, by the way, a $2,000 position in a portfolio on a good name, like that's another thing too. There's a broken psychology because of all this, you know, meme stock, meme stock yeah. mania. Everyone's just like, yeah, I got to go YOLO with these call options, 150K into that. It's bad risk management. No. You know, I, I'm looking at this, I'm looking at this company. I'm looking at this chart right now. I mean, like, look, you allocate maybe 17, 20 or 25%, just buy and hold. You know, it, that's it, what, that's what these good, the, that's what a lot of these new value things, especially when it comes to the infrastructure, it's a holding one. It's play this trend out because like, look at Africa. It takes it, time, by the way. It takes time. Yeah. And we have that on our side as being young people and we need to accept that, but it's a good thing because you want, the thing is you, you can't spend every day of your life looking for a hundred percent of your positions on a daily basis to always go in and out, on and out. You need to find core positions that you can go long on that, you know, you don't have to worry about. And this build out of the infrastructure, the entire world is going into that is an opportunity for you to allocate capital in a strategic way that you won't have to worry so much because the upside is there from a dividend perspective, from a growth perspective, you have that potential. So this space is definitely a good trend to take advantage of, especially as you're being young. You have Africa, you have China, you have India, you have the United States, you have Canada. There's, it's, this is one that's going to require patience, but it's going to be a rewarding one. It's not like you're investing back in 2000 and, uh, well, no, I was going to say tech, but tech is a little different. It was mostly- we'll, 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 get, we'll, we'll get to tech. Yeah. We'll get to tech in a second, but, keep, but yeah. Look, like, I, I think like what, what you're saying is, Play the long game. Yeah, that's the Play philosophy. the long game. That is the philosophy. That's what wins in the long run. People trying to go in and out, in and out of positions, it, you're, you're going to lose in the long run. Yeah. That's, you, a, you that's need, almost you a guarantee. Need, you need some core positions and infrastructure and all this commodity stuff. That that could that should be a, a decent core position by diversifying yourself. And it's a long allocation. So you don't have to be stressed out in the short term because all those corrections that lead to nice dips, those are, those are opportunities for you. You don't have to really, you don't have to worry too much because you know, that's exactly where the world's heading. It I hasn't love, been oversaturated. I, I, love, I love when there's a sell-off and everyone's panicking. It's the best yeah. time to buy. Especially when you, you see the thing is you, when you know what you want to buy and you know where that, that trend is going, it's fantastic. You feel good seeing that dip. So iron ore, I mean, yeah. steel, steel is another one. Yeah. United States Steel Corp is, is a huge yeah, aluminum. Huge yeah, you got like, it with aluminum. And, all uh, these infrastructure plays. I mean, you're gonna have price inflation in the materials, and that's just gonna drive more cash flow to these businesses. So you you want to be in this space. Yeah. Um, something that just you know, if you don't want to go the individual name route, you know, there's a bunch of ETFs. Yeah. Um, I, I don't. I don't. I personally don't hold ETFs. I'm very company specific because I like to do. You know, I do a bottom, I do a top down yeah. approach of like what I want to get. And then I do a bottom up approach of the name specifically. Mm-hmm. So exactly. it's like, a, it's like, a, it's if, like a bit if, of a mix. If anybody really wants to like get copper specific, gets allocated to copper, but more from the miners perspective, because the miner side is where you get more uh, significant like explosion in uh, your price action, because it, it, it's based on the value of the assets of all these miners. That's how you get, that's how the price gets based off of. So you can do like copper's X uh, miners ETF. So you don't have to spit because a lot of people don't know how to specifically shop for uh, miners. So if you just want to get allocated to just an overall uh, basket of junior miners in the copper space, copper, uh, copper miners ETF, that's what's, yeah, the, what's the symbol is just so they know. Uh, one second. Actually, I don't remember what I heard. Well, what, 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 Cop what, X, Cop X, I think. What, 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 I forget what. it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Cop X. So Glo- uh, global X copper miners ETF. What, what's, what's the symbol? Oh, C-O-P-X. C-O-P-X. See, yeah. that's all you have to say. And then <laughs> kind of figure it out. Well, it's because it's Cop X. I know. Yeah. yeah. So C-O-P-X. Yeah. Exactly. You know, so good. That's, again, if you don't want to do the company research, this is a exactly. great way to diversify and just get some exposure mm-hmm. into that. So that's, that's exactly. really good. Um, so again, infrastructure, you and I are pretty, I'm, I'm pretty yeah. invested in that. Natural gas. Uh, you even have Brookfield's infrastructure. Perfect. Play. Perfect segue into what I wanted to talk about. Renewables. Natural yeah. gas. I mean, we talked about oil and energy before, but like natural gas, cold winters, those are smart plays. Yeah. 
leftists who are listening, <laughs> and I don't mean to be disrespectful, you need natural gas to heat your apartment in the winter. There is no other alternative. Uh, you want us to use more oil instead? <laughs> we could use more oil. I mean, you could use an electrical radiator, but that's actually going to cost you more. So your electrical bill is going to go through the roof. You're mm -hmm. actually better off having like a system in place that is electric, you know, that's, that's funneling it. And then you just pay, you know, Quebec, we have a hydro bill. But yeah, um, yeah renewable space, um, hydrogen is emerging now. Helium is emerging as, yeah. as these things. I think those two gases, by the way, which are used in everything that people didn't even realize was, was like a thing. Those two spaces are yeah. in very early stages of investment opportunities. So yeah. if you're going to invest in those uh, sectors or names like that, I have one here in Quebec. It's called Zbec. Uh, oh, yes. XBC. And I'll get to that in a second. They do a lot of renewable gas. Yeah, um, exactly. Their initial business model is they took cow manure, transformed it into energy, and then mm. sold it to municipalities. It's a, it's, it's a, great, it's a great business. But um, yeah, hydrogen and helium, like... This is a long-term play. This is not a swing trade. This is not a day trade. No way is it a day trade. You got to yeah. find the right names. And I'm still doing a little bit of research on that, but I'm really convinced that Canada has a very untapped potential for these gases mm. to help with, you know, I'll give you an example. Helium is used in MRI machines. Yeah. You need the helium in there to do like the I'm not a doctor, but <laughs> nor, do, yeah, nor, but, nor do I sound even, like one. But even even it, even tech companies, tech companies for their um for their data storages for all their machines, right? They, they need helium because it keeps everything cool. So they're they're a consumer, they're a significant consumer of helium. Yeah. So um, the energy space. So so with Zback, it's a great renewable play. It's Canadian stock. Uh, XBC is the, is the ticker. Um, if you look at the chart, it fell off a cliff. And I'll explain to you why. This is what happens when speculative mania picks up on steroids and everybody sees that there's a great stock right there. Um, and it just falls off. It, it just went up. So it hit a high of about 1150. And then they, they had like a, they missed their earnings and the stock just cratered. Mm. And I was just like, finally, I'm actually going <laughs> to buy this thing at a great price. So it went from 11 all the way down to 380. Whoa. I picked up some shares at about 492 and five bucks. Um, it's a 430 now. It's a long-term holding, but yeah, exactly. I was waiting for this to the because the valuation at 11 bucks makes no sense. Not with what what they're doing. Mm. Maybe five years from now, I think so. Mm. But the way that chart went up, it formed like a head and shoulders. I'm like, this thing is gonna come down so low. I'm gonna scoop some shares up. So mm. um, yeah, the, their entire business model is renewable helium. Uh, sorry, renewable hydrogen, uh, natural gas, uh, you know, transferable energy, composting energy. Um, and they've been at it for quite some time now. So and people are it's looking a core for, holding, people it's are a looking core for so frame. many type of alternatives and, and that's innovation. Like you, you, especially that, like, that's one thing also is one thing on my radar is where are their companies focused on innovation within the energy and infrastructure industries because those things have been so lagging for so long that if we want to innovate and we want to become more efficient with their energy and the way we use it and the way we extract it you need innovation by default it's like it's so it's such an important criteria so all these companies are focused on alternative sources of fuel or they're trying to find new ways to make more better use of certain commodities or certain energy sources like those can be a little bit risky but at the same time, it's, it, 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 there's, there's value there within the theme of what the world is doing. I mean, listen, renewable gases are like that, 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 yeah. that's here to stay. And we're still yeah. in the early Look, look what Elon stuff. did. He even moved to Texas and even said he was going to be focused on natural gas. And it was a great source of energy. Exactly. So, I mean, I, I'm so bullish on this space too. It's a, it's a long-term play. It's not for, you know, 18 yeah. months. It's going to be, it's going to be a long time. So check those guys out. Z-Back Absorption. Um, Enbridge, Enbridge is also a nice play. Yeah, Enbridge pays a dividend. Right? Exactly, nice so one. They've uh, been paying off their cat. They've been paying off their debt too. All these, all these great businesses as well. Exactly. So. And then you also have like you can do like Brookfield Infrastructure, which is pipelines for natural gas. So that's another one. And Speaking Brookfield's of, a nice whole and a nice big company. Well, here's the 
one thing that kind of just bothers me about with what happened what happened with Keystone. Um, the contractor canceled the project. And what people are going to need to realize is in order for energy or oil or, you know, particularly oil, because that's what the pipeline was, was used for, that pipeline is much more environmentally friendly than having to transport oil and gas on trains, on rail. Like, so you don't need to consume energy or anything to do that. Exactly. So we're going to see where it goes. I still, I'm optimistic on Keystone because if we can get that pipeline running, Canada is going to be a, uh, an, like they'll, they'll be energy independent, but you know, we got to get that guy out of, you know, <laughs> the office first. So that, that's another thing. So um, a lot of stuff on renewables. We just talked about yeah, so. so that's part of it. That's all part of that stuff. Then you also have, uh, you can also do a precious metals. Yeah, so gold, gold and silver, again, are pretty interesting. I, I'm more optimistic. I'm more bullish on silver. Yes, especially Netflix. if you want more uh, price inflation. Yeah. It is the more volatile of the two because gold gold has stability because when people really want to buy it, they buy it and they hold it. It's There's not a lot of people that are trying to buy and sell that all the time. So usually in an environment like we're experiencing now, people are going to be slowly buying. So you don't need to have that rush in the price inflation. But what you can say is, I want to store some cash. I don't necessarily want to buy. Um, I don't want to hold it cash, but I would like to allocate it somewhere where I can kind of consider it kind of like a cash position while having a little bit of upside and minimizing my downside. Well, that's it. You could buy things like Sprott Gold, and that allows you that type of flexibility. And to cash up, park it a bit. Silver, silver is the one that that one could just fly because that there's so many variables to get up. You have, you have I, a triple top. I, I want to be, I want to be careful though with, uh, with, with silver because yes. what we say here, because what happened in 2011 was people are saying silver's going a hundred bucks. Exactly. It went to 50 and then it just crashed. So mm-hmm. keep that in mind. If you're going to invest in silver, that's why it's the volatile one. Yeah, exactly. And you like volatility, like mm-hmm. Nick said, like PSLV is a good holding for sure. Mm-hmm. SLV is great too. I own a silver miner actually in Mexico. Which one? Um, Defiant Silver DEF. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So, um, they, they, you know, the thing with miners, you got to be careful because it's a lot of technical jargon. If you don't understand yeah. it, you're gonna get confused. But a company that can execute on all their catalysts consistently, mm-hmm. it's gonna move the stock. It's mm-hmm. gonna continue, and every time they have an exploration result that's extremely positive, it moves the stock. So, yeah. And Again, you want to make sure a risky play yeah. for me. And you, but, and you also want to make sure for when it comes to like precious metals and commodities, you want to make sure that these businesses can thrive even when the price is low. Because you want to make sure because because of the the volatility. The let's say so, too, right? yeah, like let's say you want to make sure that some of these companies are capable of making profit and generating profit revenue, even if silver, let's say, will go to down to fifteen bucks. Because if it goes down to 15 bucks and they're in their mind, they're going, well, we're only generating profit at $20 and the market reverses on them. Well, you're screwed. So you need to make sure that they have that their economics and their operation are, are sustainable, even at a lower price range, because this way it mitigates your risk or else you're too exposed to only the upside and the downside of the price can destroy you. It destroys the revenues. Yeah, no, I, I I agree, right? It, there's there's no question, like, and but but I think for for the time being, like, there's there's good upside still left. Yeah, hundred percent. I don't want to. I don't. I don't know how much, but I th- I think there's a. a well, look, amount. if you do, if we do, let's do a quick one. So you have you have two all time highs of hitting fifty dollars. So that's twice in the last fifty years. So now you're entering an environment where you can get a triple top. So that's where the magnet around fifty dollars is. Uh, then you have this whole green initiative, which is going to require silver as a consumption. Then you have the fact that people, the uh, retail space and the monetary value of silver is expanding as a use. So that's increasing the demand. So you have three significant driving components that are that are putting pressure on the price. And then you also have the fact that you don't really have a lot of miners that are only that are only producing silver. Now silver is more of a byproduct and a lot of other uh, asset bases where they pull out like copper and gold and stuff like that. So that makes it uncertain as a, uh, as a precious metal. So you have multiple variables that are creating a lot of pressure on the price to the upside. 
And then you have the fact that, you know, that the world economy might be reclassified or reclassifying gold and silver as real monetary assets. Um, they might be using silver as an actual means of exchange and as a currency, like some states in the United States where they want to reclassify gold and silver coins to be actually be used to pay the federal government. So those things are, are those are significant drivers in the market. And you have inflationary fears and silver does well in inflation with inflation. Yeah. Um, long to, uh, we'll, we'll see how high this goes. But yeah. I, I like that. As soon as it hits 50 though, to me, that's a selling point. Because 100%. You a if you have a triple top, that's, that's very bearish. Exactly. Um, I want to wrap it up with one sector that everybody seems to love and just jump all over. And that's obviously tech. Mm -hmm. um, I think for the end of the year, tech is going to be really underperforming um, because there's all this stuff happening with infrastructure. But I think there's no better time to actually buy tech names than this year. Um, and you got to be selective, mm -hmm. but the ones that I have, I mean, I've got an esports play, or yeah, I've got an esports play. I've got a sports gambling play. I have a reopening uh, job uh, HR type of play. Um, those are going to be long term for me. And I have an e commerce play that isn't Shopify or Amazon. Mm. Um, so I'm looking at about a like a year a year out after to see some kind of return. I'm not expecting anything for that this year. And it's just a wait and see. So, um, you know, tech, tech, the reason why tech's just getting clobbered is because the valuations are just absurd. Yeah. And to be quite honest, if tech continues this downtrend, companies like Apple and Microsoft are going to go, go even lower. I'm convinced Apple will hit $92 at some point in the next like few months. Um, the reason I say that there's a technical breakdown in the chart that suggests that um, will it happen? And, and, and I don't know when it's going to happen. And it aligns with the whole market thing. Yeah. And the thing with Apple too, is it's like everybody holds it. Um, they haven't really innovated much. You know, they just keep adding like, you know, different types of services to kind of grow their revenue. So they've kind of lost like that Steve jobs, like mojo, but the ones that are going to continue to thrive, believe it or not, are cybersecurity. Mm-hmm. I mean, Definitely, that's going to be huge. That's the big one. Yeah. And I don't know if people have been following, but you know, every day there seems to be a new cyber attack in the US. And we saw it with the Colonial Pipeline about a few weeks ago. But yeah. um, cybersecurity companies, anytime there's news that a company gets hacked, these things just pop. Um, so you could trade them, but you know, timing it is almost impossible. Yeah. So you know, I think there's one called CloudStrike. Uh, which is really like top, top line. And then you've got, you know, the chip makers and, and you know, the NVIDIAs of the world that are, you know, NVIDIA, NVIDIA could be a thousand dollar stock very soon. It, it, it's, it's just. They, they, and there, there's a need, huge demand supply issue there too. Exactly. So they can fulfill that. Now is our prices for that going to increase? Of course, but they got to make their margins on that as well. So. Well, all the input variables for all these tech gadgets, it's all commodities. Exactly. So, so all these commodity prices are going to go high. Isn't Guess it what? Great when everything's linked, you're like, exactly. Oh, wow. It's like people forget, man. It's like the whole world is based on natural reality. Like you want a house, you need commodities. You want gadgets, you need commodities. You want tools, you need commodities. You want technology, you need commodities. You, you this is why we say like there, there's, there's a super cycle coming because everything that there's a confluence, everything is coming together. That's really giving weight to that space that it, it, it has, it's probably one of the greatest value moments for our generation right now is like, that's a huge theme. Yeah. And that's kind of what's getting lost on the roads right now because people just buy a tech name just because look, yeah, I think it's going to go up. I'm like, okay, but do you actually understand the fundamentals behind this business? Right. So I even, I even like uh, communication because of 5g and the world, the world needs to, is it's trying to focus on communication better. So you, uh, so communication is part of infrastructure. It'll never really dissipate because at the end of the day, you need, you need core communication dynamics of the market. It's important. It's one that it's, it's one that has a hard time lagging. Even if you look at it purely from just like a holding position, just to get some nice yield, it's, it, you, people don't, will never let go of communication. They, they need to communicate. AT&T, uh, Verizon, stuff like that. American create Tower. A basket. Exactly. American Tower is that really big. Exactly. Like, you know, That's part you, of that basket. Yeah. If you, like you, you don't buy that for, for the growth though. You buy that for the dividend, but yeah. it, it's almost a guarantee. The ticker on that one is AMT. It's on the NASDAQ. But um, yeah, you, 
this is a, this is a, this is a great core holding to have. Um, you know, you could even get, uh, I think there's a, like a, a different alternative to it. I don't know what it is, but the point I'm trying to make is like, it's part of the infrastructure play. Mm-hmm. Um, it does pay a dividend, you know, yeah. not, not a lot, but about 1.8%, 1.89. But um, yeah, I mean, this is, th- this thing, this thing just has been printing money for, for, for a very long time. And it's, it's almost like a protection against downside as well, which mm-hmm. is really good. So. I have one other that's, that's, it's a little interesting. It's um, so as we know, boomers are a huge population and as the, and as we, they get older, there's going to be a lot more retirement and old people that are going to want to move into old age homes and stuff like that a lot more than before. So if you guys want to do a play where it's like, kind of like, um, REITs, but they specifically rent out to old people and, and, uh, house older people that's going to be a huge trend also because you have a lot of old people that are retiring that have money that are going to want to move somewhere in these big places that have other old people. So it's definitely, uh, it's definitely something you take advantage of because the yield is going to be there. It's something you're going to be able to trust as a dividend. Totally. Um, so senior homes type type. type yeah, exactly. Senior home real estate and stuff. There's a couple of REITs out there. I forget the name specifically because I haven't looked at them in a while, but there's some out there and, it's something people, if you want to take advantage of it, there's, there's value there because again, boomers are massive population percentage of the population and they're all starting to retire and age. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, the perfect example is uh, Brookdale senior living and then five-star senior living. Right. Yeah. Um, so that, that, that's to me, um, you know, safer bet. I, I don't, I haven't really invested in senior living uh, REITs, but I exactly. I do, it's more of a newer trend that I've been looking at. I, I do like industrial REITs though. Mm. So, and I'll explain this very simply. There's a lot of businesses that are being created on the e-commerce platforms that, that requires some form of storage. Industrial REITs right now um, are probably the best long-term play. And Every most reads pay a dividend, right? You know, and there's there's a bunch of good ones out there. Um, I personally own one called ProReit, PRV.UN. Um, these guys, I've just been hitting it out of the water in terms of hitting it out of the park, excuse me, um, with every announcement, every acquisition they've maintained. They've actually lowered their payout ratio, which is amazing. Um, so they can actually pay, like it was a very high dividend. They pay about like 7%. Um, it's a growth play as well. So there is a little bit of volatility. It's not a lot of volatility compared to like other sort of mid cap companies, but, um, the, these guys are just like, they, they keep executing on everything and I have nothing but great things to say about see, it. I've been that, a happy investor. I've been see, a happy that's shareholder. A, what you just said, that's key though. People have to look at now, especially with there's so much uncertainty that if you can find positions that make you feel secure and make you feel like you have gr- solid ground with some of your capital, you want that feeling. You want to have that sensation because if all you're allocated to are things that are making you uneasy every single day, you're going to have a hard time moving forward, man, because the markets are just becoming more and more uncertain. They're, well, in, in certain ways, they're becoming uncertain. There are certain ways that they're becoming very certain, like you know, the commodities and infrastructure, but there's other aspects of the market, man. It's just it's chaos and it's crazy. You need to find some sort of solid ground that's going to keep you feeling more like you're not allocated to complete downsides. Oh, totally. Totally. Um, quick comment on ProReit. This thing dropped down to about 250 uh, March of last year. So if you bought it at the bottom there, your dividend was about 11%. Exactly. So just to give you an example, what Nick talked about earlier, when dividend paying stocks go down, their yields go up. Yeah. Now, you don't just buy for that reason. You got to do a little bit of investigation yeah. and figure out if the financials make sense. But a great company, I mean, great company like ProReit, which owns a lot of industrial REITs as well as some retail um, uh, as part of, and, and some office, REITs, uh, office spaces as well. Um, if the financials don't change and the stock gives you an opportunity to buy, like take the risk, you know, do it. Just pull the trigger. It's crazy. Like just, just like, for example, just like, um, Brookfield, easy one, Brookfield renewable. Yeah. When that thing tanked on the April, uh, March, April, like the whole, like that for that two months there tanked hard, that thing, the yield went, I the yield, I think, I think it lost like almost forty percent. 
the yield went up to like eight, nine percent. And then so we bought I that was definitely one of the biggest buys we did. And then the price doubled. So not only did we buy at a beautiful yield, our price doubled. So and then Brookfield Renewable gave free stock on top of that, that that for another renewable. And that one also doubled in price and it so, also gives dividend. So 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 that's I mean, that's like a perfect yeah, yeah that was our generator cash generator for the portfolio, which is yeah, amazing. that was a crazy play, that one. But because the renewable became a huge hype because this whole during the whole COVID thing, renewables and all that. And that was it dipped. You got a fantastic yield, increase your position with a fantastic yield. Then the price itself doubled. I took we took some off the table because it was a little crazy, but and then you got a free stock out of it that also pays dividend. So that was a so it, you see, like you, if you, if you see the thing is, some of these positions, especially in the infrastructure renewal and energy, some of them have been a little oversaturated, like renewable. So, if people want to allocate to it, I wouldn't necessarily go entirely all in. I would say tranche those positions only because of the fact that, like, they are susceptible to some downside because they've been there's a lot of money that flowed into them and they have had nice price inflation as well. So, there could be some corrections with that. So, I would more tranche it, right? Especially at these current levels for some of them. Because I, you want to take advantage of those corrections because what's those corrections the, uh, are going to give you those nice yields. What's the ticker on the one that you bought at Brookfield? It's Brookfield Renewals BEP. BEP? Exactly. Renewable BEP. Partners? Yep. Toronto or New York? The Toronto one. But either way, they pay American dividends. Yeah. So there you go. American listeners, you can definitely get on yeah. board with this stuff. So it's been... So yeah, you see really the yield right now is about 3%. Yeah, and so we you put, probably bought it. You probably yeah, bought it when it was like tanked, nine, like around exactly 19, nine, 20 bucks. <laughs> nice. It tanked around the, no, no, sorry, that was December. The price July. Yeah, okay, that's it. Around that price range. Yeah, exactly. So it was around 20 bucks. It doubled. It's been coming down exactly. And uh, but the yield, man, when that thing tanked, the yield was around 70%. It was a great buy. It's hard, it's hard. And to it doubled that. in price. Well, look, I, I missed that boat, but I bought, you know, other things as well. So. Yeah, but that's it. There's been plenty of opportunities. I, I think the key takeaway, because we don't want to take too much more time here, but I think the key takeaway is there's a big shift happening out of tech in the short yeah. term. Um, you can expect these iron ores, cyclicals, uh, precious metals, base metals to continue to rally. You can expect oil to rally. Um, one that I also, we didn't really get to, but uranium, believe yeah. it or not. Um, I own the uranium ETF on the, on the TSX that exactly flying to the moon, which is yeah. amazing, but that's another form of renewable energy. And I'd love to, at some point, maybe get somebody who is probably a great, you know, expert in the field, um, to That'd talk about cool, this yeah, 100%. Just, just to see what the developments in that are. Mm -hmm. And just to give people a perspective, cause it's not the most attractive no. uh, energy source and people that understand it, understand science and physics and chemistry way better than most people probably on the oil side. So um, there's a lot of stuff that's happening in that space. So pretty bullish on that. Yeah. hundred percent. And that's, so, that's one, that's one people don't realize like when it comes to nuclear power with uranium, it's like, it's, it's, it's a, it's a very actual clean source of energy. That's extremely efficient. It's just that we haven't innovated for a long time. So exactly. we're lagging in that space. We, we haven't innovated on taking care of the waste. Exactly. Because the actual consumption of it, the actual usage, you can power five cities with nuclear energy. That's how powerful this stuff is. But the problem is the public has a very, uh, you know, misconceived uh, perception of, of what uranium is because of what happened in Chernobyl. So yeah, um, something to take a look at. And that's more forward. of a human issue. That was more of a human flaw. Yeah. It's how we go about engaging and mechanically trying to control that source of energy. Exactly. We know the energy, the source is good. It's just, we haven't figured, we haven't mastered how to utilize it properly yet. Well, look, I want to leave it with one thing. Um, I hope this episode was informative enough. I know we didn't cover all the core holdings that we, you know, you and I would have, mm -hmm. but um, quick little prediction or quick little speculative question for you, Nick, is mm. when is this market going to reverse on its head and people will start realizing, oh, we're not in a bull market anymore? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, well, there's three things I'm looking at. One, I'm looking at is what are they doing with interest rates? Okay. Because honestly, to specifically say when, it's really hard. You, you have to look for variables that'll tell you that when that trend is starting. So I'm looking at interest rates. I'm looking at the inflationary fears, how that's growing. And then I'm looking at uh, the overall market and how it's spending and how it's allocating capital. 
as well as like, are people getting risk off? The moment you see a, 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 the conflict or like a, a, a stagnation in overall, like especially in the growth area and people are just, and it's going sideways and, the, and then you have fear and doubt building up, then I think that that's going to start driving a downward pressure. Yeah. So I'll leave it with this before we hop off. But I think, yeah, as soon as, as soon as the Fed or Bank of Canada decides to increase interest rates, that's when you got to be careful because yeah, what happens exactly. is, especially with the tech names, uh, earnings get sloshed in half when rates go up. So just keep that in mind. The ones that you want to be in at that point, maybe the financials, because then they'll be able to generate more cash flow as a result of that. But um, we're still a long I don't know if it's too long time away, but you know, the, as the saying goes, I think we're probably in the seventh inning right now of this bull market. So we'll just write it out. And there's and 11 innings, right? You said there's nine innings. Oh, there's nine innings. My bad. <laughs> I thought Italy was playing yesterday. I hope you watch that. No. See, this guy doesn't even watch anything. You're a soccer. You're supposed to be like Italians are supposed to love soccer. You don't even like soccer. No. And I even honestly. played, I even went all the way up to triple A soccer. Yeah. Jeez, man. <laughs> unbelievable i know right we're gonna chirp we're gonna chirp nick more next time but i was at work and everybody's like the same exact same thing (laughs) it's like you're italian how do you not like soccer it's like well anyway guys thanks so much for listening um we hope this was pretty informative uh please subscribe to our newsletter uh we send those out every week um we're gonna continue to get youtube and our youtube channel it's new gen mindset pod Mm. because somebody took new gen mindset uh, on youtube but that's totally fine we're, we're, we're gonna we're gonna do things a little differently but um yeah so check us out subscribe thanks so much for listening and um we'll be back next week hopefully with a guest soon yeah we're, got, we're gonna get that in the works so we'll see you next week ciao guys